0: AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix
1: It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host Bob Kemp
2: Bulldogs try to take their
0: first lead of the night Kendall Touchdown Wide receiver at the top of your screen McCord
1: looks Fires Intercepted Rod Moore And Michigan Will win the game And head to the Big Ten Championship
0: McCord Will let it fly Over the middle Caught Harrison
2: Touchdown
0: Maserati Marr Johnson, the rookie from Toledo, Mr. Irrelevant of 2023, gets the sack, his first NFL sack. He he's, may not be Brock Purdy, but he does the job here for the Rams. Yeah. Two timeouts over a minute to go. Cup with an adjustment to the bottom of your screen.
1: The other way, it is a screen. And Kyron Williams,
0: Kyron Williams, got
1: yannick ngakwe just limped off the field for the bears this one is intercepted by chicago and kyler gordon justin jones was bobbling it and gordon came away with it field steps through we'll try to get it with his legs balls out another field turnover metellus knocked this one out and the vikings have it up by a point. Play clock at 4, good snap, good hold, good kick. Bears are back on top with 10 seconds to go. And they can win it with a touchdown. This will be a backbreaker for Buffalo fans and this will be the pedigree of championship teams. Hurts, to the end zone and the Eagles have won it in overtime. Airspace to cover for Milroe. Still looking. Firing near corner. It's caught. Touchdown. Dial 602 260 1060. That's 602 260 1060. Or tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060. And now, here's your Sports Zone guide, Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 28th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis in today's Sports Zone. Right here on KDUSAM 1060 and Kesselux HD2, 100.7. and I just lost my place. place, we got my place back. Here we go. The CFP, who should be first tonight, Georgia or Michigan? The Cardinals? Who should they select? Uh, actually let rephrase that. Should they select Marvin Harrison Jr. over a quarterback in uh, next April's draft? That's a question I've been asked frequently of late. Uh, more Cardinals, which unit is the bigger concern for the rest of this season? The offense or the defense? Bears-Vikings, how bad was last night? And in this last call, what or who stood out during the long Thanksgiving football week? And also, what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's Pipeline. At 10:15, our weekly fantasy football update with John McKechnie of Rotowire.com. 10:30, interactive action at 602-260-1060, and also the local roundup. That will include a little bit uh, from well, one thing we'll definitely do today. Well, have today's bottom line from the pipeline questions, and also then the final segment of the sports zone. It'll be in the National Roundup, top by Monday Night Football Analysis. That's not going to take long, because <laughs> that was a horrible game last night. On to the pipeline we go.
0: Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion.
1: And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is who should be uh, ranked number one tonight in the next-to-last college football rankings for the 2023 season, Georgia or Michigan? And Corey is here, and he has the early returns. Big lead for Georgia, 86% so far. Michigan at 14% on KDUS1060.com. The Wolverines entered this, certainly entered the discussion after they won for a third consecutive season last Saturday over Ohio State. Today's Twitter poll question, should the Cardinals select wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. ahead of a quarterback in the 2024 draft? And once again, Corey is here and has the early returns. A little closer here, yes, leading though 66.7% of the vote. No at 33.3% right now on KDUSAM 1060 on Twitter. Murray's return, Kyler Murray's return from injury has resulted in me being asked this question multiple times over the last three weeks. Meanwhile, also on the local front, let's stay with the Cardinals, in fact, they face issues on both sides of the ball for the rest of this year. The offensive line continues to struggle, especially in pass protection, while the defense is really down to two players who would be starters on any other NFL team, Uh, safeties Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. Which is the bigger question the rest of the season, the Cardinals' offense or the defense? Spaying the globe Monday night football was unwatchable. The Bears won 12-10 to 10 in a game in which both quarterbacks, Josh Dobbs and Justin Fields, were awful. Did you make it through last night's Monday night football debacle? Meanwhile, the long Thanksgiving week football schedule has concluded. Uh, today is the last call for any game, NFL or college, played during the last five days. In addition to these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, it's so the pipeline for today. We have all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program, uh, one-hour extravaganza today. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, six oh two. 260-1060, or you can tweet the show at kdusam1060 or twitter.com slash kdusam1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we have a news update. That'll be followed by our weekly fantasy football update with John McKechnie of rotowire.com. Six teams on by this week. That's always a fun thing, trying to fill out a lineup. And we're down to the last couple of weeks of the regular season in most fantasy leagues, so pressure might be on to some people here that are just trying to struggle to get in. What moves can we make to try to increase our roster and uh, give us a chance? Yeah, us would be me I'm uh, fighting for a playoff spot in what is a deep league and we got a whole bunch of teams to make the playoffs my team is not good but un- either fortunately or unfortunately there's three really good teams in the league I'm in and the rest of us are pretty mediocre or worse <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the mediocre category you're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on S AM 1060 and Castle X HD 2 100.7 Every Monday night, check out Ray
0: Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060.
1: All right, little The Band here. It's one of our better pumps coming back from break. Uh, the Band, one of the, that's maybe the best band. Uh, that I never saw live, unfortunately. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLux HD2 100.7. Your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. The fantasy football season winding down, and for our weekly fantasy football update, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joining the Sports Zone by John McKechnie of Rotowire.com. John, always good to have you. And a couple of weeks ago in most fantasy leagues, uh, before the fantasy playoffs go, how does this change your waiver wire strategy, whether it be just looking to add anybody you can to maybe help or maybe uh, try to block uh, good players or possible available good players going to contending teams that you're trying to beat?
0: Well, um, you know, the, there is the, the game theory there that that you're kind of alluding to with with the uh, the second part of that that question. I don't uh, love operating that that way. Of, you know, if you're if you're out of the race, don't mess around with with the waiver wires. But if you're still in the hunt, then you you are absolutely within your rights to pick up as many players as as you want and as can uh, can work to to help out your roster here down the stretch. I, I tend to look for around this time of the year just uh kind of like one off spot starters that I, that I think would be immediate improvements over guys that have been you know for for lack of a better word just kind of like dead weight on my roster just not not really ever cracking my starting lineup it's okay to, to make that churn at this stage you know someone like a, a Kyle Pitts for example might be a pretty cathartic drop um for a lot of people if they want to pick up someone like a, a Pat Fryermuth instead th- this week at, at the tight end spot so there's that in mind, and, and I think also that this is kind of a crazy week as far as bye weeks are concerned, which yeah. really adds a wrinkle with, with everyone trying to claw their way into the postseason where you've got the Bills on, on a bye, you've got the Ravens on a bye, the Vikings, uh, and I, I know I'm missing it, at, at least uh, three others. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be pretty scant out there. Um, you know, I'm looking at, at a couple of my benches, and there, there are some teams where everyone is on a bye this week.
1: That's true. The Bears, you're on a vibe, but I don't know if you want any of those guys. (laughs) So that's that's a whole different story. Okay. Uh, I want to ask about a team before we move on to the usual procedure here. On Sunday, the Steelers' offense exploded for over 400 yards for the first time since, like, Terry Bradshaw was the quarterback but they still only scored one touchdown in 37 minutes possession time for two days. I've heard people tell me how the Steelers have kind of figured this out because they changed the coordinator. Uh, do you agree with that? They still only scored one touchdown.
0: Right. Exactly. I think that, that uh, when, when you've been starving for, for any sort of uh, positive offensive momentum, uh, 16 points looks pretty good for you if, if you're a Steelers fan. So, um, yeah, to your point, this isn't fixed. Um, I, I think that, you know, we have a guy in, in Jalen Warren who I think has kind of been the fantasy MVP. Najee Harris had, had one of his better games of, of the season um, as well. It was definitely interesting that, that Pat Friar moved. Um, right. Uh, did as well as he did. You know, the nine catches for, for 120 on 11 targets. Um, that's pretty impressive stuff. Deontay Johnson just seems to, to be uh, – Not overly happy with the quarterback situation there, and neither does George Pickens. So maybe just by extension of that, Friermuth is going to really uh, pick things up for for this passing game as we move into the stretch run of of the season. But, yeah, to to answer your question in full, um, I I don't think that this is a Steelers offense that suddenly is going to be explosive on a week-to-week basis. I think it's kind of an undersold uh, narrative. Everyone obviously knows now that the Bengals are not going to have much of an offense. The rest of the season with Joe Burrow sidelined, that defense was a problem before Burrow even got injured. I mean, they they've had mm-hmm. um, they've yep. been gashed on the ground continuously throughout the course of the season. One of the the worst run defenses in football, and that's going to get worse when when uh, when an offense like what the Bengals have on the other side uh, is unable to sustain drives. So the defense that's already a little bit bad and battle tested. Uh, is, is getting put on the field way more than they would feel comfortable uh, being out there for. So um, I think it was kind of a one-hand wash the other type of situation on Sunday as far as all the all the volume is, of yardage that the Steelers were able to put up. We'll see if they're able to continue that, but uh, uh, consider me skeptical. I think we have enough of a sample through the first uh, 12 weeks of the season to to not jump too much to conclusions after one decent outing.
1: Yeah, I, I'm in line right behind you in the skeptical line right there for sure. All right, so let's get to some running backs. You mentioned the six teams on by this week, so uh, anybody out there in a waiver wire that catches your attention?
0: Well, it, it's it's an interesting dynamic because some news has come down uh, this morning when it comes to Jonathan Taylor. It looks like he yeah. suffered a bit of a of a thumb injury, so that all, all of a sudden makes Zach Moss very interesting once again. So, I think in in some formats, uh, maybe the 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 manager that had Zach Moss once Taylor got back and started taking over the bulk of the backfield work, just tossed him back out on the waiver wire. If that's the case, uh, he needs to be the priority uh, running back pickup for the this week. I don't think anyone else really comes close. Um, you know, most serious leagues people picked Tyron Williams back up uh, going into last week, so doubtful that, that he's going to be available. Uh, much anywhere. So right now it does look like Zach Moss is, is the uh, priority ad uh, at the running back position and one that, that can really kind of help springboard you um, the, the rest of the way. And I, I wouldn't personally try to get too cute with, with um, you know, looking a little bit further down the depth chart with someone like a Trey Sermon or an Evan Hull there in Indianapolis. I, I think it's going to be the Moss show if Taylor is to miss time and and uh, not, not a whole lot of work left over for the rest of the guys.
1: Yeah, I was really surprised when I saw that about Taylor within the last like 90 minutes because you know he talked in the post game and went to the podium and talked to the media and so that's kind of an unusual procedure. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. All right, you mentioned Williams. Uh, I talked about him a lot last week, some with you and some during our weekly discussion about the Cardinals. He's been great in two games against the Cardinals. Will he continue to excel when not playing the Cardinals any more times this season? Unless, of course, they play in the playoffs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kyron Williams, it it doesn't make sense to me, right? Because the the way that I kind of study these prospects and everything, he doesn't check a ton of boxes. But at the same time, it's hard to argue with the results that you've gotten out of Kyron Williams this year. He's been nothing short of phenomenal. Like, if you look at his player page on Rotowire – it's green, uh, green bars all over the place that, that are, you know, reflective of, of where he ranks percentile-wise um, relative to the rest of the, the running backs in the league. Three 100-yard games to this point, a bunch of multi-touchdown games as well. He's effective as a pass catcher, no doubt about that. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, you have, a, you have a tough stretch coming up here for, for Kyron Williams in that he has to go against the, the Browns and the Ravens defenses. But if you can survive – those two weeks, once we get into the fantasy playoffs in, in full swing, uh, Washington, New Orleans, and the Giants all on the docket in the late season for, for the Rams. So I, I think, if nothing else, he, he's probably a, a very strong flex candidate for, for these next two weeks. And then I think he, you know he, there's a legitimate case for him to be uh, viewed as an RB2 um, for, for that kind of stretch run there with Washington, New Orleans, and the Giants.
1: Jeff Wilson, we've talked about him some last couple of years, whether he's in San Francisco or whether he's been in Miami. We, you know, H. Chan obviously missed another game. I'm not really sure what to think about their running back situation. Is is Wilson worth at least a roster spot at this point?
0: I, I think that that's it. Uh, it. He's someone that you'd probably want to just kind of corner the market on, just, just in the event that H. Chan has to miss additional time. And, and Raheem Mostert. I mean, this has obviously been uh, a bit of an aberration of a season for him, not just on the on the production end, but uh, his ability to play in every single game thus far this season. That's obviously been kind of the, the story uh, uh, line mm-hmm. on, on Mostert over the course of his career. Great when he's out there, and, and uh, but you never can count on him for being out there for particularly long. But obviously the, the Dolphins uh, medical staff is really doing a great job of, of you know, kind of helping him avoid uh, the, those injuries that kept him out a whole bunch when he – was in San Francisco and bouncing around uh, the league all over the place. But HN, H-M, I think it would be pragmatic of, of the Dolphins if they feel like they can win without HN H-M to just keep him out until he's fully, fully healthy. Because it, it seemed mm-hmm. like uh, that, I, I don't know if it was completely related to his earlier season knee injury, but uh, that that can always be tricky in your first game back. Um, so I think that the, the Dolphins can absolutely get by with it with a combo of Mostert. And Jeff Wilson, at least for these next couple weeks, when you have a, a kind of soft spot in the schedule, you got Washington and Tennessee over these next two weeks. If if they held out a for that, then Wilson definitely on the radar.
1: John McKechnie, Rotowire dot currently in the sports zone. All right, on the wide receivers, uh, but, uh, who tops the list this week for waiver wire ads and possibilities, at least?
0: Um, we're, we're starting to see that this Green Bay Packers team turn it on, right? I mean, they they uh, they, they were. Played a close game in Pittsburgh a few weeks back, and you started to kind of see uh, some signs of life, some signs of progress after you know some pretty shaky uh, performances over the first couple of months of the season. Um, they they, they dispatched the Rams, but that was more because of the Rams had Brett Ripien out there. Um, but the, the last couple of games here, uh, especially the one on Thanksgiving. Uh, against the Lions really shows that this this is a Packers offense that might be figuring it out. I mean, it was such a young nucleus coming into the season where, um, you know, you have all these first and second-year receivers. You've got a first-year full-time starter in in Jordan Love at the quarterback spot. So right now um, it looks like Jaden Reed would be the the Green Bay uh, wide receiver to target on the waiver wire in terms of guys that are likely still available out there, rookie out of Michigan State looking pretty – Impressive so far, and I, I wouldn't even uh, fault anyone for for speculating on Dontavian uh, Wicks as well, the the number four receiver for the Packers. And obviously, if Romeo Dobbs is somehow available in your league and you need some receiver help, um, I think that he makes a bit of sense in his own right. So it it I'm mostly Packers centric with with my uh, with my take um, on on the receivers that this, this week. Um, but beyond that, if Josh Downs is, is for whatever, whatever reason still kicking around on your waiver wire, the, the rookie for Indianapolis. I, I think that he's uh, legit. He's someone that I have in a, in a bunch of different spots, and I see him available on the waiver wire and a couple others. So um, I, I think that there's a good chance that, that he should be out there. And if so, um, I, I think he's someone to pick up because I think this Indianapolis offense, um, it, you know, after a little bit of rough go, trying to figure things out, post Anthony Richardson, it seems to be clicking pretty nicely right now.
1: Okay, here's my dart throw for the week. Uh, at least I admit, I admit that it's a dart throw. You know, maybe some other stuff would be you know, dart throws from other people's opinion. But uh, Jalen Hyatt, he got some targets from Tommy DeVito. I realize it's Tommy DeVito, but he actually has looked not terrible the last couple of games. I know the Giants are on by this week, but looking ahead, we got some playoffs, and fantasy leagues that starting in a couple of weeks. Is Hyatt worth an add?
0: Uh, I think he could be if if uh, if you are in need of some wide receiver help because I think what he offers uh, that's different from the the rest of those Giants receivers. Although Darius Slayton I, I think can can fit this mold a little bit in his own right, but I think Jalen Hyatt, what what was his calling card at Tennessee? Just being a game breaker with 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 the downfield yeah. ability, the the speed, the ability to get behind the safeties in the blink of an eye, and all of a sudden you know he's he's running for a wide open touchdown. So he does have that innate uh, speed and and ability to to really make the defense uh, be very worried about the shot plays over the top. And it seems like Tommy DeVito, now that he's getting a little bit more time and a little bit more comfortable back there, that's an element of this offense that that can exist potentially here um, down the stretch. So again, like you said, Giants being on a bye this week makes it a little bit tougher to, to stash him. So it, you, you're, you'll you have to make your roster assessments for yourself to see if you can take on someone that isn't going to be able to help you out for this week. But I, I think in terms of the longer-term uh, projection for the rest of the season for Hyatt, like, I'm definitely interested. I was definitely um, disappointed in how things uh, turned out through the first half of the season or so. But, you know, five catches on six targets for 109, that's more in line with what you, you could have – expected as like an upper range outcome for Jalen Hyatt. And that could be the start of something for him.
1: Okay. Adam Thielen, uh, you know, no longer going to be, you know, what the Frank Reich's gone in Carolina. Thielen's numbers with Reich Calling plays was actually pretty good when Reich didn't call plays. It wasn't good good at all. So is Thielen, excuse me, is he basically a a drop now without uh, Frank Reich as the, as the uh, play caller and head coach?
0: Um, I, I think he's someone that you probably are benching for for this week against T- uh, Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, but I don't know if I'm ready to drop him j- just yet. I mean, th- this this last game was obviously the bottom falling out. It led to Frank Wright getting fired, but you know he only Dylan only saw three targets in that game, making the one catch for for two yards. But I mean, I, I guess bottom line here. Who else is Bryce Young going to throw to regardless of who the coach is, you know, like I I just don't I just don't really see a whole lot of talent there other than past his prime Adam Thielen, who, like you said, uh, was actually cooking along pretty well earlier on in the season. So maybe he's wearing down a little bit after being as busy as he was, you know, all these double digit target games uh, earlier on in the season. But I, I think that, you know, he's still someone that, that's worthy of rostering, but he's he's not the set it and forget it type of guy that, that you that kind of was like almost like finding a twenty dollar bill in in uh, your pants pocket from that you haven't <laughs> worn from last year because I mean like he, you were you're, you're able to get him like the twelfth, thirteenth round and all of a sudden he's starting in your or he's in your lineup every week, he's putting up wide receiver one type of production. We probably should have known that that wasn't going to last for forever, but I th- still think there will be some utility from feeling going forward. I'm I'm dubious on whether it will be this week, but Tampa Bay mm, they do have a pretty shaky pass defense in their own right.
1: That'd be true. Back in my younger days, it was you know that twenty bucks that I found in my jeans. Where was that last night when I was at the bar? I could have used that for an extra twenty bucks. <laughs> so. All right, yeah. on to some quarterbacks here. Six teams on by, as we've mentioned a couple of times, and anybody out there. I don't think there's that many quarterbacks that are on by this week that are you know going to be yeah, – I'll need to get a quarterback because this guy's not playing this week, though. So a little different than a couple of weeks ago when we had all those stud quarterbacks out.
0: Right, exactly. So and even Lamar Jackson be, be, being off this week, it's
1: yeah, his production
0: true. from a fantasy perspective hasn't been – like unbelievable in, in, in quite a few weeks now at this point. Um, but beyond that, I, I think as far as realistic waiver wire targets out there, um, I think Jordan Love would, would would fit the bill the best. Um, I, I would probably, unless I re- am really in, in deep trouble at quarterback, I, I would leave someone like a Kenny Pickett alone. I'm just not buying that that, that was uh, the start of any sort of real breakout uh, for him and the Steelers' offense, respectively. But if it, uh, one Gardner Minshew is still – kicking around on your waiver wire, but most more likely than not just in your one quarterback leagues, he, he should still be available out there. Um, I'm, I'm definitely interested in him going into uh, the, their game coming up against the Tennessee secondary that, you know, obviously traded Kevin Byard, hasn't been performing all that well, doesn't have the best personnel um, in its own right. So I think Minshew as a potential spot starter. If, you know, you, you have no Josh Allen available to you this week and no, no uh, good recourse uh, second uh, quarterback, I think that that uh, would definitely make sense as a as a, uh, as a play in a pinch.
1: You mentioned the Bengals' offense. You know, Jake Browning appears to be bad. Not surprising, but he appears that he's not going to do much. So, are all the Bengals' skill players in trouble really for the rest of the season?
0: Well, it, it's interesting because it, it felt like the Steelers' their approach was just to take away the run game, make Jake Browning beat them. Turned out pretty good game plan, but Browning for his own part, you know, was reasonably efic- efficient and effective. You know, he was like 19 of 26 Um not, not like gaudy uh, per pass numbers or anything, but you know, he's still got Jamar chase to about where you want uh, him to be. Um, but beyond that, I, I think that we're just going to have a lot of trouble justifying starting guys like, like T Higgins and Tyler Boyd um, and, and uh, the, the tight ends there. Uh, the rest of the way. And, and you know, my antenna is definitely up when it comes to Joe Mixon because it, I think yeah. that teams are just going to effectively copy what the Steelers did game plan-wise against the Bengals and just say, hey, all right, Jake Browning, beat us. You know, let's see what you got. Where You're not going to have Joe Mixon moving the chains for you, um, it, you know, wh- whenever you want, like, like it's like the situation tends to be when Joe Burrow is back there. So I am concerned about Mixon. I'm not ready to bench him. But although this week, I'm gonna ha- it's one of those things where you're going to have to look at your other options uh, at, at, at the running back spot because, again, this is, a, this is a tough spot for the Bengals, and they're going into Jacksonville. It's a Monday night game, and the Jags have, in my opinion and by the numbers, a, a top-five run defense. So this could be another mm-hmm. like perilously low uh, production type of outing for Joe Mixon.
1: Okay, that's, that's bad for me because I'm a Joe Mixon owner. So, yeah, I knew that Thank before. You. So, I just needed thanks for the confirmation. I really appreciate it. Uh, all right, Tyler Higby, his first two touchdowns of the season last week against the Cardinals, but the Cardinals have been awful against tight ends for years. Uh, so, does this mean anything moving forward with Higby?
0: Uh, well, I, I would say that the Rams generally are, are playing a little bit better of late. You know, they, they were able to beat the Seahawks a couple weeks ago and, and you know, do what they did this past Sunday. So uh, among the, among most of your standard ESPN leagues where, where you just start one tight end, Pigby's probably the, the best of the bunch as far as your tight end uh, pickups this week. I think other guys like Chago Conqua, Luke Musgrave, Tyler Conklin, mm-hmm. like a, I'm, I'm less confident in those guys. Uh, Michael Mayer is is an interesting player, but he's on a bye this week, so he can't help you out either. So Higby, I'm not expecting another two-touchdown game the, the rest of the season for him, especially the way that things have gone for him outside of this past weekend. But I, I think tight end is in such shambles right now that anyone with a pulse kind of kind of gets the job done for you in a lot of senses. So Higby would be the, the priority tight end uh, waiver wire ad this week for sure.
1: All right, John. So tell people where they can hear John McKechnie other than this, uh, you know, magical seg- segment that we have every Tuesday. Yes.
0: So what, I, I host the RotoWire baseball podcast on Thursdays. Mario Puig and I break down every single game on the slate for, from a fantasy angle. Uh, check us out. We also live stream it on YouTube. We answer listener questions during the course of the show. Um, so that that's one way to, to uh, check us out, and then another would be the uh, Rotowire uh, sports betting podcast. We we focus on the NFL. Uh, Nick Whalen and I come up with our best bets every single week. We end the show with with our favorite parlays, um, as well, and occasionally they even come through. So that's that's uh, not a All bad right. way to, to get after it as well. So um, those are my those are my main two Rotowire uh, media responsibilities. Uh, just check us out over on. Uh, however, you get your podcast and on the RotoWire YouTube channel.
1: Excellent stuff as always, John. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks much.
0: Sounds great. Thanks
1: again, and I'll catch you next week. All right. John McKechnie of RotoWire.com. All right. Next segment, phone call time, general discussion. We got time and room for you if you want to jump aboard. 602 260 1060. Also, a uh, time pending get to some local roundup, including. A little bit uh, from uh, you know what Jonathan Gannon had to say yesterday to the media the day after the loss, uh, the bad loss on Sunday against the Rams. They've had lots of losses, but you know, to me, this is really the worst game they played this season. Uh, because I don't count the Cleveland game because you know that was a uh, you know 13 quarterback basically at that point it was a mess. So uh, you know that that game doesn't count to me. But Sunday was just an atrocious performance by Arizona. So, what did the coach have to say yesterday? A couple of things did stand out to me, and I'll try to get to that. But other than that, mainly your phone call time if you want to jump aboard, uh, 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports on Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time to the KDUS hotline 602-260-1060. If you're on hold, we'll get to you in just a second. First up, let's do a quick bottom line for today's pipeline. Uh, we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Who should be ranked first in tonight's next to last 2023 CFP rankings, George or Michigan? Georgia's the better team, but Michigan's win over Ohio State is the best win between those two teams this season. However, my best guess is the committee will not move Michigan ahead of uh, Georgia because Michigan's awful non-conference schedule with zero Power 5 opponents, I'm guessing, would be if there's a tiebreaker, I would think that that's it. Today's Twitter poll question, should the Cardinals select wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr.? Ahead of a quarterback with the 2000, uh, during the 2024 draft, we're assuming the Cardinals are going to be one of the top two or three picks. And uh, obviously, Harrison would be uh, in the running along with all the uh, alleged star star quarterbacks coming out in this next draft we're anticipating. Uh, this is actually a question I've been asked with some frequency in recent weeks. Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the best player in the draft, but. I don't think you want to bypass on this quarterback class for a wide receiver in probably any draft. Uh, Plus, I have zero confidence that Kyler Murray would actually consistently get Harrison Jr. the ball with uh, consistent accuracy. Let's put it that way. Also in today's pipeline today, uh, which is the bigger concern the rest of this season, the Cardinals' offense and the defense. And to me, the offense is the bigger concern. Uh, because that unit at least has some above-average NFL talent at multiple positions. The current defense just has two above-average players, in my opinion, and those would be starting safeties Buda Baker, who's not having a season that we've seen him have in the past. I wonder if the scheme does not fit his skills. And also Jalen Thompson, I think, now with – you know, some players injured for the rest of the season. I think that Thompson is the best Cardinals defensive player, probably best player they've had this season on the most consistent level. Also, spanning the globe today, uh, question being, did you make it through the Monday night football debacle? And I did, somehow. I was tired and still made it through. 12-10, to 10, the Bears' victory last night against the Vikings. I have seen nearly every Monday night football game since the 1970 debut. Last night was one of the worst NFL Monday night games ever. I don't have, like, a rankings. I do remember a uh, New York Giants and St. Louis Cardinals game back in the early 80s, which is, like, considered to be one of the worst games ever played. I think last night is probably pretty close to that. Also, from the pipeline, if you're just tuning in, last call right now uh, for anything from the NFL or college football weekend played in the last five days, and anything else that caught your eye since yesterday's spectacular radio show, which has been now being followed by today's spectacular radio show, those things are certainly always encouraged discussion. All right, out to the KDUS hotline we go. Matt in Phoenix. Hi, Matt. Bob, how are you? How was the weekend? I'm, oh, we hung in there. <laughs> okay
2: good um as somebody who watches Iowa football you know I made it through the game last night I uh, also on a wow giant Survivor that's true a large percentage was like a, had, uh,
1: yeah it's like a scoring outburst in that game last night for an Iowa fan there was actually <laughs> the a touchdown score of the
2: people I'm going up against have Minnesota so I was cheering uh hard for the Bears and my gosh they tried to find ways <laughs> numerous times to lose that game it was it was yeah. pretty remarkable, and uh, if they throw another wide receiver screen, I, I might have thrown my remote through the TV. Um, just some Ooh. questionable play calling, and uh, I mean that was that was it was pretty unwatchable. I have to, I have to get on board with you there. Um, Want to go back uh, as far as the weekend is concerned? Michigan Ohio State. Obviously, I know you're uh, kind of expected the results, but uh, probably not happy about it. Was it more about? <laughs> McCarthy being better than McCord or still line of scrimmage issues
1: for the Buckeyes. Line of scrimmage issues because you know McCord the two interceptions he threw, the first one Harrison for some reason stopped on the route. Yeah. You know, those guys have yep. played together for a hundred years since high school. So I don't know what happened in that first one. The second one he got hit uh yes, in the last is. you know, in the last minute of the game and the pass was intercepted by Michigan to clinch the victory. Uh, So I actually thought McCord was pretty good Um, uh, the majority of the game, or at least decent the majority of the game. McCarthy was better. But the offensive line, I've been talking about this literally since the summer. Uh, And uh, their tackles are atrocious. And, uh, you know, those guys were both grad transfer portal guys. And uh, so, you know, I think it's actually a good thing they'll be moving on. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be in the NFL, but they're not going to be on Ohio State's team next year. So uh, almost anybody that plays tackle next year from Ohio State will be better than the guys, at least in pass protection. Those guys uh, sure. actually didn't – they seem to be okay run blockers, but uh, they that's, they just uh, – they got made, beat at the line of scrimmage again. And I think it's now 22 straight years. Whoever has had the, uh, the rushing advantage in the uh, yep. Michigan-Ohio State game has won the game.
2: Uh, piggybacking on that and the Iowa comment I made early, is Iowa going to score in
1: the Big Ten title game? <laughs> uh, defense, maybe, or special teams? You know, okay. yeah, I don't think their special teams get enough credit seriously because you know oh, their correct. defense gets. Yeah, they're, yeah, their their defense is excellent. It really is, but yeah, you know, they've gotten a ton of points on in, in flip field position. Their punter's got to be like their most valuable player for the year. I mean, this guy yeah, is amazing.
2: Without their best playmaker, too, uh, and that can—that's considering yeah. the offense, and, and, and that's Cooper DeGene and on special teams.
1: Yeah, well, and then obviously they lost to the tight end, who's the next stud tight end of the Iowa crop, which they always have tight ends, and then, uh, needless to say, they lost their quarterback, who I've kind of completely blank and forgot his name. The court to transfer from it, Michigan, Max America. Yeah, they lost him like the second game of the season, as they did the tight end. So they were never going to be a dynamic offense, but after they lost those two guys, uh, they had no chance.
2: Um, Bama, Georgia. Um, Missouri and Auburn gave Georgia some issues with outside zone runs. Uh, Bama can do that extremely well, especially considering how dynamic Milroe can be in a run game. Um, I think this game might be close. I kind of throw out what happened last week because Auburn-Alabama. Weird things happen, especially at Jordan-Hare. Do you have an opinion early on in the SEC title game?
1: I don't, and I'm almost for sure not going to have one uh, because I'm not really sure what I think of Alabama. The biggest thing that disturbed me in that game is that they just weren't able to stop the run game uh, from Auburn. It's not like Auburn has a dynamic running offense. Uh, so sure. that really bothers me this week because I don't think they're I'm kind of lost in a shuffle. And partly because, of, you know, partly because of my discussion or my thought process is Georgia's running game has really improved during the season.
2: Yes, it has. Absolutely. Um, Florida State, did you happen to watch them at all against Florida? Yeah, um, that was a horrific offensive performance.
1: That was, like, that was like last night's game, trying to watch that game um yeah two, two back up
2: defense it's terrible
1: that's true two back well and i don't think i was a little confused i mean florida state didn't have a ball there for some time either i mean the, the time of possession for the first two and a half quarters was you know all in florida for the whatever reason uh but i was a little stunned that they just didn't run the ball more yeah uh, and then when I they agree. did run the ball more they took care of business and won the game so florida state's uh Rarely have I questioned Norvell, really, for anything since he's been at Florida State or even Memphis for that matter. Uh, but you know, I didn't quite understand what their approach was on Saturday. And when they finally ran the ball, they took charge of the game.
2: Well, I don't think much of Louisville. Um, they're getting pounded. No,
1: I don't, um, yeah, in I don't the, either.
2: In the betting market, I don't necessarily understand it. Um, but I kind of think this game might be. 20 to 13 and really ugly offensively and apparently there's some consistent rain expected in the forecast uh do you have any opinion and is florida state for sure in if they win
1: i don't think so uh my my if i do anything in this game uh it's going to be florida state or nobody uh i'm not i'm no interest i have no interest in taking louisville uh for some of the reasons you mentioned also you know, they're two key weapons played the other day, but those guys clearly are not 100%, uh, which I pointed out last week, and I didn't see anything on Saturday, even though they did have some yards, et cetera. Uh I don't, I don't think there's – you know, I didn't see anything that made me think that in uh, those guys, if they're not making plays, uh, their offense uh, is a problem.
2: All right, well, I appreciate it. Um, I'm sure we'll talk later in the week about some uh... – more stances on these games, and I'm looking forward to uh, this weekend and seeing who, who gets in the college football playoffs.
1: Yeah, I'm looking more forward to the Sunday announcement than I am the Saturday games. Or the Friday that. games, that's for that matter. Yeah. Completely so, fair
2: assessment. Yeah, I wish this oh, Oregon-Washington okay. game was going to be a bit more competitive, but I I don't see it.
1: Well, that's the one game I'm actually looking forward to watching. So, other than that, yeah. none of these championship games are doing much for me, quite frankly. So. Appreciate it's it so much for All right, good stuff. Thank you. All right, we'll come back and wrap up today's spectacular one hour radio program with a little uh, national roundup action. I'll uh, save the uh, stuff from the Cardinals from yesterday until tomorrow in uh, this particular segment at the bottom of the hour on Wednesday. All right, uh, also, uh, don't forget uh, no extra point today. And actually, there's no extra point on Thursday. Kayla has some other obligations that she has to deal with. On uh, Thursday, so we'll have a three-hour show, a three-hour block tomorrow with the Sports Zone, and then the Extra Point. So this week, the Extra Point was yesterday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now, the Sports Zone, of course, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I'm here every day because <laughs> I have no obligations for anything else. This is it. This is all I got. So from you know, 10 to 11, you're stuck with me all the time, seemingly. All right, listen to the sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. All right, welcome back. Final segment of today, sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. This thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to callers, emailers, tweeters, texters. Whomever and whatever else slips to the cracks. Also, our guest today, our weekly fantasy football update with John McKechnie of Rotowire.com. Tomorrow at ten 15, we'll go around college football with Pete Futak of College Football News, uh, rescheduled from yesterday. Uh, so, we'll get to Pete and we'll talk to him about uh, you know, obviously some coaching changes and uh, the, the CFP rankings from tonight. Sound today, courtesy of ESPN, Fox, and also CBS. All right, quickly, and also, of course, special thanks to Kayla, Aaron, and Corey, uh, who I couldn't do this show without. So there you go. All right, on to uh, the football scoreboard from last night. We uh, briefly talked about it earlier. Cairo Santos. When, you always, when you're starting a game with the kicker, that's usually not a good thing. And he made a 30-yard field goal his fourth of the night. He missed his first field goal, then he made four in a row after that. The Bears, uh, with Josh Dobbs throwing four picks uh, for the Vikings. The Bears win twelve to ten in that game last night. The Bears snapped a twelve game NFC North losing streak. Uh, they'd lost actually six in a row alone to the Vikings in that game. So the Bears now four and eight. The Vikings are six and six. And I've looked at these standings, but I think the Vikings are actually still in the NFC playoff race, or the uh, if the playoffs began today type of thing, they would still be in the playoffs, which uh, doesn't say much for the NFC. Uh, the Bears, uh, you know, of course, remember they, they should have won a couple of games ago. Uh, in their previous game, they blew the twelve point lead in the last three minutes, and they lost at Detroit. But they managed to hold on yesterday. Also, quickly, some other things we mentioned: Frank Reich out yesterday. Uh, we mentioned that during the show. Amongst the candidates to be the next Panthers coach, reportedly Fox broadcaster Greg Olson, he declared on Monday that he's interested in being the head coach of the Panthers. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers at last word awaiting the MRI results on Baker Mayfield's injured ankle. Uh, the Lions, uh, excuse me, not the Lions, the Texans, the Texans, they're at Houston. Uh, they claim pass rusher Derek Barnett, who was waived last week by the Eagles. The Dolphins, after missing out on uh, on Barnett, uh, they signed free agent uh, pass rusher Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, the Raiders on Monday cut cornerback Marcus Peters. College football, the Deion Sanders early season, uh, season momentum, it's uh, fading. On Monday, uh, another top recruit decommitted. That's the third top recruit who's decommitted for, to CU in the last three weeks. Meanwhile, around Major League Baseball, the St. Louis Cardinals signed Sonny Gray to a three-year deal worth $75 million. And the Reds and Cubs are reportedly amongst the teams looking to trade for either the Indian Shane Bieber or the Rays' Tyler Glass. Now those two guys seemingly are going to be traded in this offseason. All right, that's it uh, for the Wednesday Sports Zone. Well, that's for Tuesday Sports Zone. Excuse me, we'll be back on Wednesday. That's like tomorrow. Uh, the Sports Zone from uh, 10 to 11, and the Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 11 to 1 o'clock. This has been the Sports Zone on this Tuesday uh, with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.